This is Heidi. And I'm Stefan. And you're listening to another episode of Ice Cream Parlor, the podcast. That's right. This is the podcast where we watch scary movies, talk about them, mm-hmm. and then usually go down a rabbit hole or two. <laughs> yeah, it happens. You went down a rabbit hole this week. Yes, it did. on this episode. On this episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And maybe it was fitting because... It was Halloween. Halloween just passed, yeah. That's right. Yep, so... So this um, week's movie is Halloween, in case you haven't ink. guessed or, you know, read description. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, the original 1978 version. That's right. Yeah. All right, and before we get into that, let's just uh, talk a little bit about... What we've been up to, because it looks like so, we're in a different surrounding right now. We moved into a new studio, which is yeah. great. That way we're not waking up my kids trying to podcast in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a little bit more private. No dogs snoring this time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I know I like the vibe in here. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. So we just moved and it was still getting moved in and settled, but it feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels and good. Um, good job, team. Yeah, exactly. All right. High fives. Yeah. And uh, what better movie to start off this new episode with? Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. So, uh, again, before we get into all that, though, uh, everything else has been good with you? Mm -hmm. Anything new to report in on? Well, I started that new job. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been pretty cool. It's... um, super corporate more corporate than i was used to i know you you and the corporate gigs well the last gig was corporate but it we never had customer one-on-one interactions or any kind of anybody coming into our offices so i sometimes would literally just go to work in pajamas and a blazer Mm -hmm. and (laughs) that was pretty much it yeah Um, but this one it's like i gotta brush my hair every day yeah yeah well i mean more power to you i can't do it i i like to uh I, I don't know. The corporate gigs are not my forte, but you already know that. Corporate gigs <laughs> feed my family. Yeah. And it actually feels really good. Like I like this job and I chose this job over the other one because this one had a lot more work that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. So I felt really good about it. Okay, cool. I was going to say, I like the uh, the wall art. You like my boys? Yeah. Yeah. I brought them in from, the, from my old living room. So now yeah. there's a big old hole that needs... <laughs> that, that needs to be filled maybe some other yeah. posters or something and uh who's that behind you over there um, i don't think you can see them oh you can't camera. see him oh uh, you're see. blocking him oh there he is little frankie <laughs> back there yeah yeah he doesn't <laughs> like to watch he's shy he's shy <laughs> yeah uh that's the um that's frankie i want him at horror nights right at horror nights i know i was there that's pretty cool yeah I'm it was, so- maybe it was cheating because i used magic to win <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, I guess. Heady, yes. Whatever works. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so how's it been for you? Well, again, uh, pretty much the same. But I'm enjoying life. I like these new progress. You know, these steps, the progress we're making here with the podcast. Um, I like. Yeah, you know, I've been working on some more. You know, video stuff. I don't know. My band isn't like performing and playing out right now so i'm just trying to release some of the music and release some of the video stuff so you know do it yourself i kind of uh i don't know i I don't really i like to try to hire out some of the work but either a it's expensive and or b people just don't seem to do a great job so i end up doing a lot of it myself but yeah other than that but you've got a lot of practice and you've been able to do the videos on your own now because you didn't have to wait for somebody else to do it 
Yeah, that is true. Um, still difficult process. And I like to sometimes focus on creating the art more than having to do the back end. Yeah. The back end polishing That's it up, where making it all good. People like me come in mm-hmm. and take care of all the behind the scenes so that the people who are out there in front of the clients, the customers, the fans do the earth thing. I do the behind the scenes. Right. That's yeah. why I'm the get shit done person. That's yep. You, yeah. you definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be your operations manager though. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Um, it's cool. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's sort of it on my end. I'm trying to think about if there's anything else that happened. Uh, oh, my brother was in town. All right. That's right. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, it was pretty cool. We went to, so the Natural History Museum has this exhibit up until I think the end of this month. Um, and it's like history of horror. And it was really cool, but it was only just one little room. It wasn't like a big to do, like they have the gem room or something like that. But it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt that he was a little bit disappointed in it. So I took him to the Bearded Ladies Mystic Museum in Burbank afterwards. Okay. What's that? That was badass. It's like this oddity store and they have a museum in the back and they had um, kind of like a Ripley's Believe It or Not type thing. Kind of, but it's mostly a store. Oh, Ripley's okay. is like you actually Exhibits. see oddities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an exhibit that was the Evil Dead and I got to take this really cool picture like as the Evil Dead um, movie movie poster. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, he did. He dug it. And there was like this really cool bag that I want. It's, uh, it's red and it looks like kind of like a bowling bag, like, you know, like a bowling ball bag. Right. Um, but it's like a red skull with two little handles, but it was like $65 and I'm not about to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, cool. so that was cool. I got to do that. Take the kids to do some VR stuff. Like I only see my parents when, uh, my brother's in town. Cause you know, Gotcha. He's the boy. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so it was nice to see my dad. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that Ripley, we were talking about, you know, the oddities or whatever. Ripley's always reminded me of uh, Captain Spaulding's kind of. Uh, his, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, kind of. It's um, a little less mayhem, but still kind of some crazy well, creatures and crazy stuff like that. It's crazy shit. <laughs> like if you actually go in there and read everything instead of just look at it, you're like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And you realize that back in those days when they were, you know, like, for example, like an old oddity. Um, back in those days, those people were being fucked with the entire time. Mm. So it's not that far off from yeah. Captain Spaulding. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it was people believed what they saw back then. So if you could make it look like it existed, people would believe in it. You know what I mean? So I don't know how many of those things were true or if they were just like freaks of nature, which some are. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's cool. So, the movie this week is Halloween from 1978. Yes. Now, I'm I'm sure both of us have seen this movie before, right? Plenty of yeah. times. Okay. Yes. However, because it sent you down a rabbit hole, I'm going to, you know, step aside and let you take it. Well, I got interested and, <laughs> I mean, I haven't, the, I haven't really, like... You haven't prepared. Yeah. I mean, okay. I just. We'll, we'll just play it by ear then. Right. I mean, like the last, I have, you know, we haven't seen it in a while. Like, so I did like research kind of like the timeline of like the different ones. And I wanted to see how like it uh, all kind of pieced together. Full transparency. We watched this movie already in anticipation for this episode. <laughs> We're not going to stop. Go watch it and come back. Okay. Because so, this one 
Because that's why I was trying to say (laughs) about the rabbit hole thing. Anyways, um, right, yeah. So I watched the first movie and then I just kind of went on a deep dive into the whole Halloween um, saga, whatever you want to call it. And so, What was the last one you watched? I mean, I've watched... The, the most recent Up one. Up to Rob the, Zombie or you watched all the way to 2018? No, I watched all the way to 2018, but I skipped a few. I didn't see um, – it's just because either they weren't accessible easily or whatever, but uh, I didn't see the H2O, the Resurrection, which we all know those weren't the best you ones. The Tyra Banks one? Tyra Banks one is the Resurrection, Your I chair is creaking. I know. I thought you farted for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, hopefully that didn't get picked up on camera. On uh, – all right, stop. Do you want to switch chairs or what? Mm, it's no. going to be a whole ordeal if we do now. Yeah, no, I think we're fine. All right. Well, what I was going to say was... Um, <laughs> you know, I, I farted. <laughs> yeah, I did. I skipped only those two in the middle. Um, and, and I didn't see Halloween Part 2 Rob Zombie's remake version. And I also didn't get through his remake, but I did <laughs> so watch a little bit of it. did he watch? I started with one, I went to two, then I saw three, four, five, six... And then I skipped over to, to 2018, and then I watched a little bit, like the intro, about half of the movie of the Rob Zombie remake. So so in watching some of them with you, I realized I hadn't watched all of the movies. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I haven't uh, seen Season of the Witch. Well, that one... I know To be honest he's with not you, in it. Right. It's, and it's supposed to suck. But um, I haven't seen that one, and... Up until your rabbit hole, <laughs> I hadn't seen um, the curse. Uh, no, the cult. Yeah, that's the curse one, see, yeah, number okay, six. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see that one, and I hadn't seen mm, probably that's it. The one right before it either. Why are you making those faces? I don't know. Just <laughs> they make me feel like there's somebody <laughs> behind me. Yeah. So. We're but we're talking about the Wait, first one. So the, hold on. That means that I can fart, and you're gonna think it's the chair now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't test it out. My nose is pretty good, so I'll be able to tell instantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so part one—that's where we're starting. The original, pretty much the best and only one that really probably should have existed. In reality, in reality, I think that the John Carpenter, the director, would also agree, you know. Um, I didn't like the curse one because it means that he, there was incest and rape. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, there also was never, like, that wasn't, so John Carpenter, the director, from what I understand, he only really did the first one and then he contracted. Is that the right word? He was contractually obligated. Contractually obligated in a way, not not necessarily, but he said he wasn't going to do number two. He ended up doing number two. But, and then I think even he was on board with part of what number three would be, the season of the witch one, but not really. Oh, did that not taste good? Was that like some really crappy wine? It's okay. I'm sorry. You want some beer instead? I'd rather have the crappy wine. Okay, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Because right. um, you don't, you're not used to like it's red. It's not supposed to be cold. So I'm just gonna. There was other hold ones it. there. I should have just bought. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I was gonna buy a bottle, but I looked and they didn't have any. That's cor- okay. Wine openers. Um, um, I'm just gonna put it in my lap and have my crotch warm it up. 
<laughs> oh, because it's cold. Is that why it's weird? I think so. My beer is having the opposite effect because it was cold, but took us so long to get up and running here that it's sort of. And we, we don't have, have a mini fridge here. Yeah, yeah, we do. I did check about that, the one that mm. they. Yeah, it's, yeah we'll get a we'll better one. You can get them at IKEA for hundred bucks. Um. Anyways, again, I don't want to go too far down in this intro part right here on the the other movies because we're going to talk about number one. But essentially what I remember seeing is that John Carpenter was somewhat involved in even part three. And the whole idea of it being different was because I believe he wanted to do like an anthology of some sort, kind of like American Horror Story, where the, each Halloween didn't have to do with the, the, the one before So it. is that why the season of The Witch was that right, completely exactly. different? Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why. Laughing at doing. Is there uh, maybe we should put like some sort of soft thing on her or something? It's like I'm still making uh, I don't All know. Right, well, I don't want to worry about it. Okay. So the point of it is, is that he was wanted to do something where each movie didn't have to necessarily be connected to the last. And uh, so yeah, season of the witch has nothing to do with Michael Myers or. Um, What's Jamie Lynn Curd? Lori? Jamie, yeah. Lori yeah. was in- Yeah, none of that. So she was only in the first one and second one. Mm-hmm. And then H2O, right? Or And Resurrection. She was in and H2O, Resurrection. Resurrection, and the 2018 Halloween. Yeah, that one was badass. Yeah. Did we go see that in the movie theater? We did. Yes. I'm so good sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So Halloween 1978, mm-hmm. it is a slow. Asher film. Mm-hmm. It's one it of the. It is the one of the quintessential like classic slasher films. Right. It's set up. So it wasn't the first because we obviously know. It wasn't the first because we had Texas so the seventies. Mm-hmm. The seventies was kind of the takeoff of the slasher films, but because before then it was the sixties, and the sixties was more of. Um, like zombies nature stuff. attacks right you yeah. know you're saying zombie stuff because of night of the living dead right mm-hmm. right so it's more like i want to say like the birds oh right and yeah the thing and you know whatever and then have there you was, ever seen the thing no i not haven't yet. seen that either um not yet but uh then the 70s was more about slasher films so that's how you got um texas chainsaw massacre you got uh, Halloween, you got um, a few others that are just very much classics, but what makes uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween so good or not so good, so outside of the box, is that they weren't fully developed characters that you had all this backstory on. They didn't have all of these reasons for doing all of this slashing. It was just these guys are fucked up. You better run, bitch. Right. right? <laughs> and yeah. they did have the final girl, which is uh, something that, you know, is carried most of the movies from the 70s on. Mm-hmm. Final girl, right? It's a classic trope. But um, but yeah, this was one of the first movies to really delve into that. And so that's what sets it apart. That's what makes yeah. it so great. Yeah. So it was directed by? Yeah, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. And he's done a few of our favorites anyway. Uh, but Halloween, of course, it's always going to be John Carpenter. Yeah. Um, and stars uh, Donald Pleasant at Pleasant, Pleasants. Pleasants. As uh, Dr. Sam Loomis. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, Sam Loomis is the boyfriend of Marion Crane, 
from Psycho. Psycho, right. Yeah, yeah there was that connection. That's right. Mm-hmm. Psycho stars Janet Lee, who is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. Yeah. And, right. and you know what? I totally didn't space that. I, first of all, I don't even know if I ever knew that fact. But now hearing it, it's like, oh, wow. Makes you sense. Know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, she was, uh, so, you know, she was, this was her first movie or was her first role, J- Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. So yeah. she got paid uh, $8,000 for this film, mm-hmm. which, which uh, adjusting for inflation is like $30,000, yeah. which is still a good chunk of change for what, for, an 18 year old? Right. And for your first yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, but again, coming from like Hollywood royalty, quote unquote, yeah. I mean, her, both her mother and father were, I think, in the movie business. Yeah. Her father, something, the, Mr. Curtis? Yeah. I, I forgot his first name, <laughs> um, but he but was um, something. She was great in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, and you know what? She has really great features. Like, even the other girls in this movie, their features were so, like, I don't know. You, you, If you had them in a the lineup, you'd pick Jamie Lee Curtis out as, oh, she's interesting. She has these really strong features, and I dig it. Yeah. I think Lori's okay. hot. <laughs> you think so? Uh, anyways. Um, also stars Jamie Lee Curtis, and mm-hmm. that is uh, Laurie Strode mm-hmm. and Tony Moran, who plays Michael Myers. And But he's not the only one because no, there's like. But here in this movie, he plays. No, but again, he's not the only. Like, because they have like him as Michael Myers, meaning when the, you know. When the mask comes off. Spoiler right. alert. But, but the shape. Is actually another guy named Nick Castle because he has he's more mm-hmm. like physically like right intimidating and mm-hmm. down my rabbit hole I realized that in the 2018 uh, last final chapter quote unquote Nick Castle what's that is that the name I just said no no what was his name fuck I just spaced was it Nick Castle. The guy who did Haunted House? No, no, that was something else. But what was the name I just said? I just spaced totally. Nick. um, Let's see if I can find it for you. I'm going to get it first. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my job. No, I was right. Okay. (laughs) So he's the same guy who plays the shape. Well, Will Sandin plays uh, him at age six. Right, I'm talking about in the 2018 version. Really, he also it's played Nick him? Castle reprising his but role. But however many years later, yeah. Well, he, I guess he would still have the stature. He's not the only one. There's two guys: James, Jude, Courtney, and Nick Castle. Both played the shape in um, the 2018 version. Which, anyways, uh, that was just a little tidbit that I happened to see. Um, while going down that rabbit hole. Um, All right. So, so, yeah. But going back to the original. Um, okay. Let's focus on the original. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just focus. So, anyways, first of all, this is just the intro. So, we're obviously going to take a quick break, even though we've already seen it, and we're going to come back. So, do you want to do that now? Or? Yeah. Check all out right. the trailer. Yeah. Check out the trailer. Um, we'll be right back. Go watch the movie if you haven't seen it yet. And, and go ahead, say your famous line. We'll be right back. I'll say it for real. We'll be right back. And we're back. And we're back. All right, so. Did you enjoy it? 
I mean, I know we've seen it. Did you enjoy it again? <laughs> yes, yes. I fucking love that yes. movie. Although a lot of it made me laugh because a lot of it is, well, that's irresponsible. Well, yeah. that's bullshit. Yes. Well, that doesn't happen. Yeah, there's some <laughs> hilarious things that happen in it. So uh, we forgot to run over the synopsis and the intro. So the so synopsis is, and I wrote it down, mm -hmm. uh, 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night in 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois to kill again. Yes. And, and again and again and again. And again. And again yes. <laughs> now, we also... Synopsis wise, so we could also mention that this movie originally, before it was titled Halloween, was called The Babysitter. Oh, wait, I have notes. Yeah, The Babysitter. Movie, All right. right. So let's t so tell me about it. The story was based on an experience John Carpenter actually had uh, when he was young. He visited a psych ward, and in the psych ward, he came across a child who gave him this look, and I quote, a look of evil, and mm -hmm. it terrified me. Yeah, this is for real. John In Carpenter. real life. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. So he had that experience, and he's like, I need to use that somewhere. And he did. And he found this movie um, from that. Um, it was originally titled The Babysitter Murders. But due to budgetary constraints, instead of it being over five days, like originally planned, they decided condense it all into one night, Make it Halloween night, and and there you go. Halloween was born. Also, because of the budget, the the cast had to buy their own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I find that a lot of the best movies and the best work comes from something like that because I feel like it's camaraderie. Like everybody knows they're they're not necessarily getting paid huge, but you know, bigger the budget doesn't necessarily mean better the movie, in other words. You know that's right. It's all about using the tools you have and making the most out of it. So it was actually shot in twenty days in nineteen seventy oh, wow. in the spring of nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. And, and this movie came out like the Halloween week of nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And it was not shot in Haddonfield, Illinois. It was Shot in a decrepit house in Pasadena. <laughs> Pasadena. Pasadena, which where is you right. At? It's uh, that way. Yeah. <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, I also happened to look up Haddonfield, Illinois, and come to find out there's no real Haddonfield, Illinois. There is a Haddonfield, New Jersey, which is where Deborah Hill, who is the. Oh, so Deborah Hill co wrote the mm -hmm. screenplay mm -hmm. for Halloween yeah. with. Um, John Carpenter, with John Carpenter. Yes. who was also they were they were dating as well, or maybe I don't know if they were ever actually Herbert. married. <laughs> I, I just, just research, you know. Uh, I don't um, know if they were fully married or whatever. I didn't really care to f remember that part of it, but they were a, a thing. So their budget was signed off because who is the producer? Oh right, the producer? yes, Mustafa Akkad. Mustafa. Yeah, some Akkad. people some people make pronounce it Mustafa, like kind of like, uh, like Mufasa. Mufasa, yeah. Like, but but I know that the proper pronunciation is Mustafa. Mustafa. Yeah. Um, Mustafa Akat was speaking with John Carpenter about a movie that he was making at that time that was like three hundred thousand dollars a day. Yes, and you and, know which movie this is. I'm I'm just going to tell you because it's actually a classic movie, um, and I know a lot about it. It's the movie called The Message which is actually based around the Crusades and the time of uh, – it's an Islamic 
movie basically it's about islam and the prophet muhammad and and it was a hollywood style movie so it was it starts so everybody was white sort of yeah but the thing is the depiction of it was something where they kind of you know were delving into a historical time period whether you want to believe in well, the religious cool ideologies or not <laughs> that count that sounds cool as shit i want to watch it yeah. but when john carpenter heard that he's like well i can shoot this whole entire movie for that budget right and mustafa was like all right here mm -hmm. and he fun he was the producer for all of the all, halloween series yeah. up until his death up until um, his death but then his son or somebody else took over because uh the most recent one is still produced by i think his name is malik akkad which i probably is his son i'm assuming <laughs> again i i dove into the pool i didn't do any research. You just watch all the movies. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was like I jumped in the water, but I wasn't trying to catch all the fish, you know? I, I don't want to swim when there's fish. That's creepy. <laughs> like I once, I, you know how much I love the beach. Every summer I get like six shades darker because I love the beach. Down by the beach. Down by the beach. That's uh, half-baked for y'all. Um, I didn't go to the beach for like three years because... Um, I was at the beach and a fish went by my foot and I was like, nope, gross, disgusting. Nope, not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 300,000, the movie made $47 million. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Over, you yeah. mean, but okay, well, how much of that was made in the time of the release? I have no idea. That's still fucking amazing. Yeah. Because I've also heard. And it was heard... well received and Roger... Ebert, Ebert, yes, gave it a great review. Yeah, he actually uses this movie to prove. Like, I don't really give a shit about Roger Ebert and Siskel I know, and all but that. It's but it's just but, he, his name comes up every time you do classic movies, right? Um, and he does use it as kind of like the template or right. the, the cornerstone well, or what he was trying to say. And his point is, is that there's a, a difference between just obscene and grotesque and something that's nicely done and this one he considered to be a horror movie that was done in a way that was perfect so it it used it scared you it used imagery and sound in the right way but it wasn't excessive now a lot of the movies i'm fans of in the horror genre are pretty excessive and pretty gory and mind you the remake of with that rob zombie did was exactly that he went and pushed it into overdrive with some of the um obscenities and and horror parts but i i understand what they're saying it was kind of again hitchcock like where it was a lot of implied violence not necessarily shown uh very what wasn't very bloody at all also um like a lot of the remakes but yeah uh, either way roger ebert or whichever one it was was very he praised this movie a lot yeah well it is really well done mm -hmm. and it is a lot of the implied violence. You don't see a lot of right. blood. You don't see a lot of guts. Yeah. And you don't see brutality, really. Like, even in the scene where he kills the dog, um, trigger warning, there's a dog death in this. Um, even in that scene, it's like feet. Like, right. that's all you see. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it does very much prove, like, you can do all of those things and, and have it be, like, a grotesque movie in um in your mind and have your mind take you there versus all blood and guts i mean yeah. a blowtorch to the eye is great but you can only watch that once 
I mean, I've watched it multiple times, but is you know that, what I mean. Is that Eli Roth movie you're talking about? Of course, that's yeah. the love of my life. <laughs> you, you have like five loves of your lives. I mean, like, I'm like a cat. <laughs> Nine lives, right? Um, I have slots for a few more. <laughs> um, yeah, and Eli fair, Roth, Nick Cage. Well, no, I mean. not Nick Cage. He's more like a side piece. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few others I know you've mentioned. You just have to go back and listen to the other episodes to find out who Heidi was into at that time. Vincent Price. I mean, how many no, others? No, no, no. Not Vincent. He's like <laughs> a grandpa. There, there's a few others you've mentioned, though. Let's yes. just be honest. So, here. yeah, for uh-huh. sure. Um, specifically, Rob Zombie, probably. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. And Serge Tankian. Really? Maybe maybe Corey Taylor. Wait, those are rock stars. I haven't heard you mention that Wayne before. Static. Wayne Static, yeah. Yeah, God bless the dead, if you believe in God. (laughs) (laughs) Pervert. (laughs) What is that perverted? I was like, I just like calling you a parvart. Yeah, you like that word. I I do. I use it frequently because um, people are perverts and there's no shying away from it as long as you're not harming anybody. Yeah, but like Epic, when you overuse it, it takes away from the meaning so if everybody's a pervert then like how many people are really perverts because most Dude, of them are seriously not. everybody is a quote-unquote pervert everybody has something that they do sexually or in a sexual manner that they would not tell anybody else because they're scared that it's not because it's not a societal norm they they won't ever share I it don't know if everybody's that way but i think you might be okay. right in the majority aside rules. from majority those that are rules. very sexually repressed which I'll bring up later in this in Majority this rules, I would say you're kind of right there. If you if you picked out 10 people out of a crowd, most of them are going to be uh, not 100% honest. Well, if but you pick them out of my crowd, they're all going to be perverts. <laughs> sure. But I think there's a few that are going to be totally honest that are have no shame in hiding whatever the fuck they've... And, and nowadays, I think with the idea of podcasting and just in general, like people are... Even social media and all that, people are way more open to like... Be like, hey, I'm into this or I do this or whatever. And I don't know. There's kind of like these safe havens of places where people don't feel so ashamed to admit some of their like craziest kinks. But that's a whole nother topic. We're talking about Halloween 1978. And <laughs> All right. So I want you to explain something to me, Mr. Music. Okay. Halloween. The Halloween theme was written by John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. fucking brilliant. Okay. But. Why, what does it mean when it says it's in a five, four time signature? I will explain that. Uh, Is that what you kept trying to interrupt me about? No, I want to, ex- again, I went down a crazy rabbit hole here. So I will explain five, four time signature. But before we go that way, um, John Carpenter had to put some sort of a test screen together of this movie to see if he could get a backing behind it. So obviously it wasn't like full script, full actors and everything, whatever. But he they, they must have done some sort of like scenes where they probably showed some scenes of Michael Myers or whatever to a investor. I think this might have been even before they got Mustafa Akkad on board. But, Mustafa, that's a nice name. But um, – can I get a German Shepherd named Mustafa? <laughs> Will that be like insulting? I don't know. It, what if you named your dog Gandhi? I mean, I'm sure there's a Gandhi pet dog out oh, there. No. No well, so He's skinny as fuck and he doesn't eat. <laughs> Yo, Gandhi. And sleeps with teenage girls in the nude. <laughs> Wait, Gandhi did that? Yeah. Oh, well, it's India, you know, Kama Sutra. No. Um, I'm not... I'm not trying to say that it's, yeah. I like to sip my beer. That wasn't sipping, that's... Slurping. 
All right. Anyways, one point, what I was going to tell you about the score is that he showed some investors the movie with no score and they basically laughed it off and said, this shit ain't scary at all. So he said, you know what? I have to put new creepy music behind it. So he made, he came up with a theme with another musical producer or something like that. Now, to explain five, four time signature, basically what that means is that there's five quarter note beats. You're vibing out, huh? Can you hear it in your head? Can you feel it? Right. Well, the synth, the synth version for like part oh, four. Oh, no. <laughs> they ruined it. They ruined it. Oh, no. It's so bad in the later ones. I, even in part two, they synthesized it so much and they made it so like gay. I'm sorry. <laughs> like what? It's, it's homosexual? No. Homosexual people, I don't consider that necessarily. Like when I say gay, I mean like something that's just lame. So gay people are lame? No, gay people are not lame. Gay people, homosexual people, I know. they're You're cool. You're one of the most supportive people yeah. in my life. I'm just saying that. Top. I'm just saying that there's, uh, it's just lame. Like, it's st- stupid sounding. They made it sound Will so Will you do me whatever. a favor, though? Yes. And stop using uh, gay in a derogatory sense? I'll try. At least tonight? Yeah, sure. I'll try. I've, if you can commit for tonight, that's a step. Sure. All right. Now, so five, four times. Five, four times. So it's five quarter note beats. So usually most standard rock and pop music is four, four, meaning there's four beats into a measure. So, so the loop kind of like be, a dollar. Right. But like, so if you, I don't know if you, so if you count music, you count the beats. So it would be one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Right. So in other words, five, four means there's five beats to the loop. So it would be one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, so. Awesome. I don't know. It's uh, You're doing this thing and it's like rubbing your belly and patting your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, but anyways, that's what it is. It's one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Now, that's not really a very common time signature. There's a few jazz songs like Dave Brubeck's Take Five, which is based around five, four time signature. And that song goes. (laughs) (laughs) You're mixing it up, but, but, um. There's a few others probably too. I can't remember too many off the top of my head, but 5-4 is not necessarily your most um, used or popular time signature. However, it works perfectly with this Halloween theme. So is it because it just kind of leaves you uneasy? Because uh, John Carpenter tried to make the movie uneasy throughout. For example... Sorry, I was tapping the beat. (laughs) For example, um, he made Michael Myers... um, in a way that you and I, as viewers, couldn't relate to him whatsoever. That was a... You know, he didn't have a backstory. He didn't have however, all of this trauma that was identified in that movie, in that one movie. Do not talk to me about sequels. No, or for remakes. some reason, I relate to Michael Myers well, Of course you do. You're a, a fucking lot. psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I totally get him, but, you know, whatever. Also... um, 
in order to also add to the unease of the movie, they had scares like every 10 minutes so that it would be able to just kind of lull you into a false sense of security and then bam, right back at you. Mm-hmm. What are you adjusting? I don't know. You peaked a little bit. So you see, you went totally red. So either, whatever, it's fine. We keep going. Um, Maybe my voice is on its period. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I'll fix it in post. Um, (laughs) Also, um, what I thought was really cool is the sound of the knife stabbing. It's just a watermelon. Yeah. I'm never going to eat watermelon the same way. I'm going to be like. I'm never going to stab a person the same way and not think of watermelons. And be hungry afterwards. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. It's watermelon. (laughs) Now, um, this movie was fantastic and we should do you want to like start a little bit at the beginning and go into it or? No, well, this movie was a shit. And just so you know, I went down my own rabbit hole mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll talk to you about that as we get there. So the movie starts like this. It is 1963. Six, mm-hmm. Michael Myers is six years old. Yep. And he is being babysat by. His sister. His sister. And apparently, okay, no spoilers. Well, not yet. Uh, by his sister. And. He is outside for some reason, just out in the dark, looking into his home while his sister is getting frisky with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Halloween night. It's Halloween night. He's in a clown costume. Maybe he wants to go trick-or-treating and nobody's taking him. Maybe. Or maybe he went trick-or-treating and came back and Mm -hmm. saw his sister was being uh, frisky. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So the camera kind of follow it. Like you're seeing the movie. And you are, it's like Michael Myers First POV. Person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he sees his sister in the living room and then her and her boyfriend go up to the bedroom. Um, but he's like looking at the lights turn on and he makes his way around the house and all of that. I timed it. It's like a minute and a half or something. So in that minute and a half, his sister and his boyfriend and her boyfriend fucked and he like got dressed and left. The boyfriend. The boyfriend. Yeah. So, but th- by this time, in the time that it took for him to go from the front, front of the house to the back of the house to the kitchen to get a knife, the boyfriend left. Right. So it's like, oh, I see that. Yeah. Is that um, a teenage boy sexual experience? Uh, I mean, I think, first of all, you got to understand the times because, and I, I know we're not going to go down the other movies, but Rob Zombie's remake of this, he... I think tried, and I know some people don't like the remake as much. Some people aren't fans of Rob Zombie t- style movies at all. Obviously, we have different opinions on that, and we tend to be pro zombie in this camp. But mm-hmm. what I am saying is, is that these little loopholes that we're talking about, Rob Zombie went ahead and tried to fill those gaps in a little bit. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. In this one, they fuck very quickly. The guy is gone, and we're just. Moving right. forward. So then right. Michael goes into his sister's room. room yep. Stabs the fuck out of her. Yep. Now we're watching it through the eye holes yeah. of his mask. Of his mask because he's, he's a First clown. First person, yeah. Yeah. And so then um, he goes downstairs yep. and his mom and dad drive up. And his sister's like brushing her hair or something, right? Yeah. In the mirror or something like that. And she's like, like wet naked too. Yeah. You know, we got to so, have a little bit of nipples and titties and, the, and a slasher. But flick. in this case, she's like 14. Is she? She's like a kid. No, I don't think so. I mean, let's say she's probably She wasn't 17. like a Laurie Strode teenager when she looks like a woman. She looked like a kid. Well, I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So then um, 
Michael Myer, Michael goes, okay, did I tell you about this meme I saw? And Wait, the Mariah Mar- 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 Carey meme? No, that one was mean. Oh. But somebody <laughs> sent me this meme and it said, what if Michael was actually Micicle and Bicycle was actually Bicycle? <laughs> I laughed so hard. I don't understand it though. What the fuck is a Bicycle and a Micicle? I mean, it's Mike and Bike. <laughs> They're the oh, same thing. Mike and bike. So, so in other words, what if Mike was bicycle as in bicycle? And then what if bike was bicycle as in Michael? I get it now. Well. I laughed so hard that day. You're, yeah, you're laughing fucking hard right now, too. I laughed so hard that day. I um, I, I laughed so hard. Um, I, I laughed so hard. I peed a little and cried a lot. It was great. <laughs> it just tickled me. I have no idea why I laughed so hard. But now I call the guy at work Micycle. You do? Yeah. All right. Well, are you going to call him Micycle Myers in this episode? No. I hope. Michael <laughs> Myers. Michael Myers. Michael Byers. <laughs> Would Michael Byers be like his, uh, his cousin from like uh, Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So back to the so synopsis of the movie. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Okay. So he Michael goes sister. downstairs. Michael goes downstairs and his parents pull up and see him with a knife in his hand mm-hmm. and it kind of fades out. And then you hear for the first time. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Okay. The wonderful Wizard soundtrack of, of this movie. <laughs> okay. So now they, and, they okay. So his sister was Judith. That's yes, important. Judith Myers. That's right. Yes. Now the um, the opening of this movie, that whole intro sequence, is fairly short and fairly quick. They pretty much just show you that this like there's no deeper backstory. You don't know anything no, else. It's just that. It's just it's, that. Boom. He was being babysat. She was fucking. Yeah. He killed her. His yeah. parents came home, and so then he was. Sent to the in, to mental institute, institution, right. and that is called Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Yes. Now, most boys would not want to see their sister fucking at all. So why that, did he look? I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's a little bit psycho. I get that, but I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know why he had a vendetta against Guess her. What? He didn't this like can her. You this- see what I'm doing? Right, he should have closed up. But first of all, he didn't like his sister. That was the bottom line. Who knows if that was the tipping point, the boiling point, the tipping point. That's not a thing, is it? Is it? The yeah, boiling. So imagine point. there's a scale, and at some sure. point, it gets tipped. Okay. Right? Well, my point is, who knows if that's what really set him over? You know, off the edge, or whatever. The whole maybe, seeing his sister. Maybe whatever. she was like a cunt all the other days. Yeah, I mean, sure, he probably. She fucking was by hated herself, her. and he's like, "Fuck you, ho." Yep. So again, Rob Zombie did a little bit of a, uh, I think, a, a justice on at Not least that I'm digging into anybody those who things. takes ownership of their own body and does what they want to do with it. No, right. You can be a hoe, and I love it. Like, right. please be a hoe. Sure. I'm just saying that I think these little loopholes back then they didn't need to clarify them all that much because it was a very early on type of thing where I think Zombie did um, a good job of at least trying to make a little bit more sense out of that. And I only know this because, again, I just recently watched half of the remake. Right. So, but yes, definitely. Rob Zombie's remake um, definitely added more to his backstory. You yeah. saw that there was physical and emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. bullying in school. There were all of these reasons mm-hmm. that kind of brewed into what made Michael Michael. However, 
Michael. We're talking Michael. <laughs> we're talking about 1970. Yeah. So okay. So now, 15 years 15 later. 15 years later, under the care of Sam Loomis. Yes. Samuel Loomis. Um, so the Michael Myers. Okay. So he's he's been there for 15 years. Yes. And there's going to be a transport. So yeah. It starts off after the 15 years later with a, a, it's raining outside. Loomis and another nurse are driving to go actually pick him up or Marion whatever. Marion Chambers. Right. So they're going to go pick him up and have this transfer go down. Right. Because yeah. apparently, even though he's still going to remain incarcerated, um, Mycicle is going to have to go to a certain place <laughs> to get, <laughs> to get um, like maybe another hearing Denied and then sent back mm-hmm. to um, to Smith's Grove. Yeah. So in this opening scene, this is where we understand that Loomis has been really taking care of him and also has a connection with Michael in a way. Right. So they're pulling up and it's a stormy night. It's like Florida rain. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can make that. I can make <laughs> that comparison now. It's like Florida rain. Like you can only see out your windshield, like not even past your headlights. And they pull up to the sanitarium and there is... Um, just patients out on the lawn and immediately Dr. Loomis is like, Oh fuck, he's escaping. And he tries to walk up Uh, the nurse. um, At some point uh, she gets surprised by, excuse me, I burped. She gets surprised by the, um, like a patient that ran up on top of the car. Yeah, she jumps on out. the car. She rolls out of her car because the car is like reaching in to try to grab mm-hmm. her out. And apparently that's Michael Myers. He gets in the car when she rolls out of it and takes off. Yeah. He's, he's escaped. He, yep. He's on the run. Yeah. Now, how is someone who is committed at six learns how to drive a car perfectly is Especially a little Especially without power steering. Yeah, right. Or it's a little assist, bit whatever. Or blind spot detection. Sure, absolutely. But you know, this is seventy eight, so he's lucky just, it was an automatic. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. The whole movie would be over if he had to drive he's stick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but one could argue that he's well. He he maybe he's just really smart in the things he wants to be smart in. He was really good at killing people. Yeah. So what have, if he just observed every time he had to go to one of these things, every time he had to go to testing, what if he observed how also his parents had cars and up until six years old, he was able to see. Right. But the thing is, even a 16, 17 year old who's learning to drive for the first time is irky jerky all over the that's road. That's because that's because check this out. They have um, impulse control and they have fear. But he doesn't. So he, he doesn't just, have just fear. So like he's like, all right, I'm going this way. But what about that? Like one black kid that was like, he stole his grandmother's car. Remember on the uh, on the internet, yeah. and he Did was like, I want to do some hood rat it? shit. Whatever. Do you see how far he went? He was, but he was swerving all over the road, and he banged into shit. So. That's because he was also really small and probably couldn't mm, see. Okay, that yeah. Long. I mean, okay. I, be honest with you. The story continues, and it's not like. I'm not going to be mad that all of a sudden he's driving perfectly. I'm just saying it's kind yeah, of something. Yeah, and it's something to think that about. we brought up every time. We're like, right. oh yeah, look, he knows to stop at a stop sign. Oh look, he knows to keep a specific distance yeah. away from the person he's following. Oh, he can perfectly park. I can't perfectly but park. In '78, <laughs> this is the way they were thinking. They they were like, you know what? People aren't going to get hung up on the there details. There were less cars. Well, sure, yeah. All right. But they, so him doing that in LA now, 
he like he wouldn't go two blocks. I mean, they do somewhere at some point say that Haddonfield and Smith Grove Sanitarium are like fucking 100, 150 miles away or something like that, which apparently in one of the other mm-hmm, Halloween. All right, do we're it. not going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> all right, anyways, let's go back to so, so he steals the car, he gets out of there, and then it's back Halloween in Haddonfield. It is October 31st, yes. 1978. Halloween day. It is Halloween this is morning. This is where we meet Lori. Lori. Yes, Lori Strode. Who, Lori Strode, who has been adopted by the Strodes, but, who are um, realtors. Mm-hmm. And they are selling the Myers old home. Right. So the father is... I, yes, I know you're trying to interrupt me to tell me that we don't know that they're adopted yet. <laughs> but shut up. <laughs> I love you. Shut up. <laughs> right. So um, they... Uh, they're having trouble selling the home, um, but nevertheless, they send Lori with the key to go put it under the mat so that somebody can come see the house because mm-hmm. they still want to try to sell it. It's been 15 years. Maybe all the gross stigma of it has dissipated. Yeah. So we meet Lori on her way to school and she's singing this song. She's singing the song that I'll bring up later, the lyrics, but it's um, a song that Jamie Lee Curtis actually learned, I mean, Bro. made up on the spot. Yeah, she, her and... Um John Carpenter actually, I think, for the movie, ended up being credited with uh, the writing of the song. Right. But um, Jamie Lee Curtis just made it up. I believe they might have used the same song in the 2018 one as well. Um, But yeah, it was something that John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis came up with. So as a song, it just says, it's more or less, it's, um, I wish you and I were together and close. And alone, yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. Something like so, that. Um, so anyway, she's singing that. Um, Michael is already stalking her, like from a distance. Yeah, he's um, already no, in, he's the in the Myers house. house. Yeah. yeah, because he's in the house. And he's like, who's this girl singing this song? Mm-hmm. Who's this boy? So there's two people we're meeting. And Michael Myers already is aware of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, there are two people that Michael Myers stalks in this movie. One is Lori. Lori. The other is Tommy. But the theory is that he identifies with Tommy because Tommy is the age where he is developmentally and emotionally stunted. Hmm. So the reason he doesn't hurt Tommy is because he identifies with him. He feels that's his peer. He feels that's his friend. Gotcha. there are two people that he technically stalks. Anyway, so we find out that Lori's going to babysit Tommy. We find out that it's going to be tonight. They're going to do all kinds of things. And they head to school. Yeah. Well, he she, uh, Lori sees him in the window, no, I believe. No, she doesn't. Yeah. She, they, the, the, so we you mean see, the front door? No, we see Michael Myers inside the house. And then outside, uh, he's watching Lori walk away. And then Lori sees him from the window as she like turns around real quick or something. And I don't remember that, but I could just be not remembering. From what my notes, That's what okay, I wrote continue. down here is that Michael is watching her and she kind of briefly glances around and sees him. Um, but anyways, and then it moves on from there where he stalks her throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sees him um, at school. Like she's looking out the window. And she sees him there. Yep. She's walking home with her friends, Annie and Linda. So one thing I would like to mention here at this point in the movie, I was realizing that 
a lot of this movie is very similar to another movie we reviewed recently, which is Scream. Now, I understand that Scream came after. But that was intentional. Scream was was supposed Supposed to to be um, be a callback to to, lots of horror movies, specifically specifically Halloween. But why? Wes Carpenter. (laughs) Wes Carpenter. Yeah, no, Wes Craven. That's what, no, no, right. But one of the jokes in the movie was that uh, the Rose McGowan character like calls, it's like, oh, you know, is it a movie made by Wes Carpenter or something? Oh, right, 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 yeah. So that's why I said it. But, um, but yeah. No, right. But so in my head, because I was, we recently watched and reviewed Scream, I was like, hey, I realized the correlations real quickly. Like, for example- the uh, heavy breathing on the phone when Lori answers the telephone call and it's really her friend. And like she was like, Oh wait, I was, was chewing eating. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was like another part a little bit later on where she was supposed to go to practice and it was like cheerleader practice or something. And she was supposed to call her and Lori goes to sleep and then wakes mm-hmm. up later. And it's very cl- similar to like Nev her Campbell. Picking her up because she's going to drop her off yeah, at, at yeah. her babysitting gig. Okay. So we find out that, um, Lori and Annie are going to go babysit for Halloween. Um, some kids that live across the street from each other. So yeah. Lori's going to get picked up yeah. later that night. Yep. Um, and so in this uh, very somewhere around here, there's a scene where they're both driving in the car together, smoking joints, yellow joints of all. It was the seventies. <laughs> yellow <bottle>. joint papers. <laughs> uh, but so in this particular scene, two things happen. One, um, we find out that Annie's dad is the sheriff. Yes. Yep. And, and that the hardware store was broken into absolutely. and they stole knives and masks or some other mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Masks. Now oh, the mask. And rope. rope, yeah. Now the mask they stole is are we to assume that that's the Michael Myers mask? I don't the, know, but do you think he really stole a William Shatner? mask not, and then spray painted himself not out of a hardware store <laughs> and it's hard to believe that he even stole a mask out of a hardware maybe store. he didn't steal a mask maybe they just said ropes and knives no they do say mask for sure for sure i've, I've okay I've, all right i don't yeah. know well it's a movie it's conducive to <laughs> again in 1978 they weren't really thinking this was just a one-off to to him uh to john carpenter at the mm-hmm. time he wasn't anticipating sequels and all this other stuff we also see that Dr. Loomis is now in Haddonfield. Yes. He had made his way to Haddonfield uh, trying to track down Michael and at some point saw where he ditched his sanitarium clothes and switched into coveralls because he killed like a tow truck driver or yeah. something like that. Right. And uh, no, um, he killed a tow truck driver and ditched the, um, the body in like a haystack. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So we know a few things. Michael Myers is wearing mechanics clothes. Yeah. He is armed and dangerous. And he is still driving around the uh, it's like a station what is wagon. It called? The Smiths Grove Sanitarium Station, station Wagon. wagon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and he's been following Lori and uh it, it, Michael has, yeah. Yeah. In that scene where they go to the hardware store. He's driving behind them perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. He knows it, exactly what to do when driving. Well, okay, forget about that part for a second, but when in that scene, it's very um nonchalant, I would say. Like all of a sudden, Lori and her friend Annie are like peace out dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like as they're leaving, uh, I think uh, what's his name, Loomis is standing there and just 
you just see a car drive by. And if you don't notice it or pay attention, you don't even realize that Michael's driving the car. But if you do, you're like, oh, shit, Michael's driving the car. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Okay. So Loomis tells him about Michael. And he also tells him that, you know, all the people are going to die and all this. He tells him as much backstory as he can. Yes. Now, Loomis is also, Loomis and the sheriff are going to go to the Myers house. Mm-hmm. When they get there, they find out that it's been occupied. Um, and so, that Judith, um, that Judith Myers tombstone is missing right, from her grave. Right, yeah. That's important. That's very important, yes, because Michael has now created his own little shrine to his dead sister, which he murdered. In the Myers In home. their house, right, yeah. Um, but so... Loomis is for sure at this point in time, he knows that Michael's come home. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So later that night, when Laurie finally gets picked up to go babysit Tommy Doyle, the little boy, um, and Annie goes and babysits uh, Lindsay, who's like across the street. Yeah. Um, And they're unaware that Michael has already followed them to the new homes, to Mm -hmm. Tommy and Lindsay's home. Right. Excuse me. Um, and so they're just doing regular babysitter stuff. We find kind of the contrast. We find Annie is kind of like super irresponsible and she's not even babysitting the kid. The kid's just plopped on the TV. Whereas Lori, while she lets Tommy watch TV, Lori is also making sure that he has food, that she's interacting with him and just Mm -hmm. kind of just fundamentals of being a good person. (laughs) Now, Tommy also happens to notice around this time that Michael is across the street. Right. He calls him the boogeyman. The boogeyman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he tries to tell Lori, but she doesn't believe him. She's like, he doesn't exist because every time she goes out, he disappears. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think there are two things that Michael Myers never does. One, he never speaks. Two, he never runs. But how does he go from standing in front of somebody's house to not, but does he just like disappear no he has to be like okay no but he well he doesn't okay does he really have that long of a stride that he takes two steps and he's He's completely pretty tall down the block he's pretty tall but i i'll tell you this there's some scenes where you can actually catch the actor just moving moving out yes still moving away and i feel like that's exactly the explanation for it because in that split second amount of time your in eye real is, time. is not supposed to catch it. Right. But if you really pay attention, you can see the corner of his leg and his foot like leaving okay. screen or whatever. Fine. So at Lindsay's house, Lindsay is the little girl. She is Tommy's age. The one and that Annie Annie's babysitting. is babysitting. Yeah. So at that house, Annie is making plans to. Brown um, chicken, brown cow. With her boyfriend, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's going to go pick him up at some point. But she also like. She's making popcorn, but she spills butter, butter. on her shirt, so she gets she's naked like, and goes and washes her clothes. Yes. And from this moment on, she's just wearing a men's button-down shirt. Yeah, which technically is a teenage boy's kind of like, you know, fantasy situation. Oh, shit, I got butter on my shirt. I got to take all my clothes off. Yeah, um, like why does she have to wash her pants? I don't know, but hey. Weird. It, anyway. It makes for great viewing. Whatever. Um but a few things happen. So Michael is stalking her throughout. Mm-hmm. And Michael is kind of like you feel like he's going to attack her because the laundry room is like outside. Yeah. is that, it's, it's That's like, not very common, is it? Well, I don't know. I mean, have you ever lived in a house where there's a laundromat that's not connected to yes. your house? Oh, okay. Well, 
Sorry. I don't know how common that is, but yes. I don't think it's that common. I mean, I understand like a disconnected garage, but a disconnected laundry room. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense if back then washer and dryers were loud. Yeah, I guess. Or louder than they are now. I guess. Anyway. So a little bit of an inconvenience. You think that he's going to kill her here and kill her there and kill her here. And she finally gets stuck inside the laundry room. She yeah, tries to crawl out so the window. Lame. And Lindsay had to come out and rescue her. Yeah. My but, foot is stuck in the... The, what was it? It was like a shelf or something. Yeah. <laughs> so lame. And so anyway, she now has to go pick up her boyfriend, Paul. And so she ditches Lindsay over with Lori. Mm-hmm. And um, she's, you know, she's obviously going to go just go fuck around. Right. Mm-hmm. At one point um, when she's uh, and so Lori's fine. Lindsay's happy that she's going to go get to watch TV with Tommy. And um, Annie leaves. She decides to just take off and go pick up Paul. Yeah. However, she never leaves. She never she makes it. She gets her throat sliced and diced in um inside, inside the, the car. garage. Right, yeah. Because her dumbass goes to open the fu- car, fucking car door. It doesn't open because it's locked. So she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot the fucking keys. And she's singing this stupid song about my Paul, my Paul, I love you, Paul. She goes and gets the keys, comes back to the car. You have a friend named Paul. I'm going to use that as a soundbite. And she (laughs) opens the car door, not thinking about the fact that it was just locked fucking two minutes ago. Right. She gets in the car, though. mm -hmm. And then she's like, wait. Oh, wait. And then here comes Michael. Yep. He mycicled her to death. Yep. And this is technically kill number one. Kill number two. Oh, I'm sorry. Kill Three. number two. Wait. Oh, shit, shit. Hold on. Judith, N- the, the tow truck driver, and now Annie. Yeah. I was saying number one in the course of that new kill count from 15 Four. years later. The dog. Okay. I wasn't counting the dog. If you count the guy he got the overalls from and then- Human-wise, not the dog. Okay. It's technically let's kill number this. two. Kill number... Okay, let's start kill count from Haddonfield. It all took place kill in Haddonfield. No. The tow truck driver was on his way. Right, but Haddonfield could also mean okay. 15 years ago. All right. The point is, it's the first person to die in this... Well, not except for the to- That the we guy. have a relationship with. How right, yeah, yeah, sure. So... Annie is dead. Now, on top of that, she is the daughter of the sheriff, but the sheriff has no clue yet. All right. So, um, so, and then, so anyway, back at, uh, back where Lori is, Lori, Tommy, and Lindsay are just hanging out and having a good time because she's really like one of those cool babysitters. Tommy also noticed that he's, uh, Michael's carrying Annie's body inside. Right. But Lori says that he's just making things up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we then meet Linda and her boyfriend, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where it pisses me off. Well, um, what pissed you off about this scene? All this right. Cre- so they pull up in a Ford Sequestro. I, I think I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. They're going, they're in, they pull up in a kidnapper van and they're covered in beers. <laughs> and um, they're planning how to get Lindsay, the little girl, the right. little girl who has to be like eight years old. Right. They're trying to get the little girl distracted, and one of them will go up to one of the bedrooms, and then the other one will follow, right? Yes. But fucking pervert-ass Bob, and I mean pervert in a negative way, goes, <laughs> first, 
I tear your clothes off, then you tear my clothes off, then we tear Lindsay's clothes off. And I'm like, what the whoa, fuck, pedophile? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? You fucking rapist. And you and your fucking Linda with her fucking stupid hair. What are you, a fucking puppy? <laughs> Ugh, fucking bitch. Now, I think that was definitely something that wasn't thought through in this writing process. Like, I think... Somebody wrote that. Okay. And then somebody said some then somebody rehearsed those lines. There's two scenarios. And then somebody here. said them on film and then somebody edited it and then but, millions of people watched it. But there's th- exactly. Now why did we notice it? Cuz we watched it again in 2019. But do you see how like when we heard it and we, we were like, "Whoa, wait, no. did we what the fuck I did heard we it. just hear?" I made you rewind that fucker. But the, no, I get it. But I'm saying like that's the thing. It was presented in such a way where it didn't even seem like it was like something that was that. It was so odd. nonchalant. So do you, but I don't think was that, that it was a re- thing in the seventies. If it was, then we're saying whoever wrote the movie, John Carpenter and his girl, whoever, uh, Deborah Hill, whatever her name was, whoever wrote the screenplay, is responsible for coming up with this idea that this joke about ripping a eight-year-old girl's clothes off was funny, but. Part of me thinks that they were so dumb that they didn't realize what they wrote at the time. And I think when we heard it, we were like, what? What what if? And the only way this is excusable is if the line actually said Annie and they accidentally said Lindsay. Right. Sure. Right. Which is what when I heard the first time, I'm like, wait, did he just say Annie or Lindsay? Or Lindsay. Right. Right. So I'm thinking and I'm thinking Annie based on her friendship with the girls and her... um, and her sexuality that we see and her openness to discuss it may have been okay with the threesome. Mm-hmm, and sure. that's okay. More power to you, girl. But if it's Lindsay, it's something completely different. Absolutely. And you're right. Maybe this was a complete fluke and they just didn't catch it or feel like it was worth editing. But again, we're noticing it now because we definitely have a you know, a keen eye on things like this. And it just, it just it's totally weird. No, so it's when I absolutely. watch a movie, especially for ice cream parlor, when I watch a movie, I'm not just watching it. I'm absorbing it. And I listen to absolutely everything, which is why I was able to make fun of this movie a lot while watching it. Because yeah. even you saw it, you're like, I would have never seen that. Like even in Candyman, I'm like, she hasn't washed her hands. Yeah. You know, right, right. so it's like, so, I, I absorb the movie and maybe I'm watching it through different lenses than most people do. Sure. But that is something that fucking pissed me off. And then after that, I was like, Bob, I cannot wait for you to get your to, dick. Yeah, off. sure. And I feel the same way, but it definitely was something that, I, first of all, let's just put it this way until watching the movie again. I never remembered or caught on to that fact in previous times. Like I've seen the movie a lot of times and and many other times before I never was like, wait a minute. He just said rip the little girl's clothes. So in my head, I probably correlated Lindsay with Annie, like how you said. Um, But anyways, that was the that was definitely weird. So whoever's responsible for that shit. Yeah. Whether whether it was John Carpenter or. Deborah Hill or whoever the fuck. I am hoping it was just an error. Yes. I'm hoping it's an error too because that was fucking weird. Uh, It could have just been John Michael Graham said the incorrect name. 
Oh, is that the Bob character's name? Yeah, exactly. It could have been. Bob Sims. But then again, like you said, the director had to hear it. The editor had to hear it. There's reshoots. There's other things. So, so you know how everybody I have like, those oh, two bulldogs at home and it's an apartment and we don't think it smells, but people come in and they're like, oh, you have dogs. Well, So because we've been nose blind. That's usually the case with anybody who the owns same pets. same thing here. Who... I'm not saying that we're gross and nasty. I'm saying we go nose blind. Sure. And um, maybe they just went, no. Nose blind. It's not about cocaine. Snow blind. No. Nose blind. No. I'm talking about maybe they just heard it so often that they just also were like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. That that must be right. He had one line. (laughs) Now, I did also happen to notice too. Now, in this same part of the movie, Loomis it's very much acting like a fucking weirdo creep. Oh, he's being a fucking creep. I mean, because, seriously but a why? creep. Because Loomis knows, shit, there's the Myers house. Let's go in. Finds that, the, was did he find the tombstone in there? Not, well, he, he found it in there when he went in there with the sheriff. That right. Was, so he decides, fuck, Michael's coming back. I'm going to wait for him right here. Yeah. Unaware that he is out there terrorizing the town already, he thinks he's going to wait there. So anytime kids come up, he scares them off. Yeah, but this is but an old man in a trench weird. coat. It's an old man in a hiding trench coat behind hiding bushes. behind bushes telling kids, but making voices at them because yeah. he's not like, get out of here, kids. He's yeah. like, hey, you kids. Yeah. I'm going to get you. And then he actually laughs. <laughs> but he's like, <laughs> like, ha But see, do you see how like in a way today that would look so creepy and perverted that for an old man? That was creepy and perverted back then. Right. But they wrote it in as in the script as if like. They didn't realize how weird of a scenario that was. I think it was, was supposed to be a moment of levity. Okay. Right? Because everything was so intense at, up until that point. So. So. So let's go back to the boyfriend, the girlfriend, which is Lindsay. Is it Lindsay? No. Uh, Linda. Linda. Linda and Bob, Bob are yes. fucking upstairs. In and, the Myers house. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no. In. Lindsay's house, which Annie is supposed to be babysitting. Right. Um, but while they were messing around on the couch, Lori calls to see if they knew what time Annie was uh, was getting there because she needed to know what time to put Lindsay to bed. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, shit, she's gone. So they go upstairs to yeah. fuck. So after they fuck, Bob goes downstairs to get a beer for Lindsay. And Lindsay is just smoking a cigarette in her bed or in the bed that they're in. That's when Bob meets Michael. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, what does Michael do to him? He lifts him up off of the floor mm-hmm. and stabs him right in his uh, what like in his gut or in his chest. A little bit high, I think it's in chest, his torso like somewhere. Sternum. But so hard with this knife that it keeps him up off the ground. Yeah. However, the knife Knife's isn't not that really big. that long. Right? But, but anyway, yeah. yeah, it was good because that's when I was like, "That's what you fucking get, Bob." Yeah. Now, in that right before that happened, also there's a fucking jack o' lantern in the bedroom where they were fucking, which is very odd. Like, why have a jack o' lantern in the bedroom? I don't know, but I think because they had such a hard time finding jack o' lanterns to make this film because it was made in the spring in California, they had to buy leaves and paint them. Yeah, right. I and got they you. had a hard time finding these pumpkins. Well. I noticed, so for uh, I just realized too that in the course of the movie right now, um, we don't know that the headstone of Judas Myers is there yet because it technically comes in later in the movie. That's fine. But in that scene, when we see the headstone, we also significantly also see that there's a jack-o'-lantern in the bedroom. So I think Michael 
is the one who put the jack-o'-lantern in the bedroom. That's a good theory. I hadn't thought about that. I yeah. actually didn't pay attention to the jack-o'-lanterns. Now, um, so he does this infamous kill scene, which is probably one of the most significant scenes in the movie because he does that head tilt nod that he does at, right after he stabs Bob into the... Uh, the every 90s bass player, yeah. like... Yeah. like like a dog that's like not understanding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, okay. So then um, he goes upstairs and he's dressed up in this ghost, like just, yeah. just a sheet and he's wearing Bob's glasses. Now I have something to say about this. Now, first of all, uh, let's just, the, the kill count is very low. This Bob guy was the technically two, two or three, depending on if you want to count the, the guy who he got the uniform from. But apart apart from that, does Michael Myers have a sense of humor? Because why put the glasses and why pretend to be Bob? You remember, he's like emotionally stunted. He's like a, a what, like a eight-year-old boy at this point? Sure. But I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Like he's already just killed Bob. He could go he's kill the also- girl. He could just walk in the room and just scare the shit out and kill her. He's also wearing a mask. Absolutely. And, but, and he enjoys but, that. So but by maybe. putting on the other, because he didn't just put on a white cloth. He put on Bob's glasses as to throw off, Lin, what's her name, Linda? Like he basically okay, was pretending to be Bob. That he does that a lot. He makes noises over here when he's really over here. But putting on the glasses is like a really... Detailed. Maybe he has a sense of humor. I think I'm so. Not saying he I think he does. I think this is his way of goofing around inside. I think out of all of the kills and out of all of the scenes, I think Michael was laughing about this one. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to put this thing on. I'm going to put the glasses on. I'm going to pretend to be the boyfriend. Michael snickering like, or giggling. <laughs> I know. But I think that technically this shows his humorous side. I Do really feel think- like that this is a human side of him because we only see the evil and I feel like that this kill or him pretending to throw her off. He's very like, much a real person. Yeah. Like he even eats, as we saw, because he killed a possum or a rat. Uh, I don't know where he would have pooped, though. Uh, well, that's a little too many, too much of uh, too many details. So for anyways, me. but he I, kills I just, Linda. Yeah, he kills her. But he also plays with her first because, again, she doesn't realize that it's not Bob. Okay, he's so got. he kills her like this. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really good kill scene. Not just because I think Linda's stupid. She gets frustrated at the fact that he's fucking with her because he is very much fucking with her. Like, he won't interact with her and she's thinking that he's Bob. So she gets pissed off and she goes and she picks up the phone mm-hmm. and is calling Lori. Lori, yep. But when she's trying to tell, so before she's able to talk to Lori, Michael comes and starts strangling her strangling her with the cord of the phone. Mm -hmm. And Lori thinks that they called while fucking Fucking. because she's just. (gasps) Yeah. And they're always bugging Lori because I think Lori's a virgin. Maybe she hasn't had sex yet. Even if she's not a virgin, she's very much the prude of the bunch. Right. Absolutely. Right. Because she's the good girl. She's covered up. She's whatever. Right. And I have a theory on that. Or actually, there is a theory on that. Um, and kill and, and kills her. Okay. So, yes, he kills her, and then he picks up the phone, and he hears Lori's voice. I don't know if that's significant or not. I don't know if he remembers now that that's his sister or not. They don't go into detail on that, but he does hear her voice. Meanwhile, 
Dr. Loomis fine, uh-huh. uh, had started walking away from the house because he was being a pervert. Yeah, he's a jackass standing outside the fucking house the whole time. So he's walking down the street and he finds the Smith's The abandoned car. car, right. And he's like, fuck, he is close. So he's fucking excited. Yeah. Lori has already put the kids to bed mm-hmm. um, at and- Tommy's house. And is worried because that call was cause for concern. Yes, she so wants she, to go she investigate. She grabs the keys, mm-hmm. something Annie never did. <laughs> she didn't even lock up the house that she was working at. <laughs> she locks the kids into the house because she wants to make sure that they're safe. She even goes and checks on them. Nothing like Annie, right? Right. She goes across the street and she lets herself in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she is looking for her friends. And what does she do? She finds them. She finds Annie. She finds Annie on the bed with Judith's headstone. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And that's the first time we see the headstone. So now she's freaked the fuck out. Right. She's running around the house. She finds in the closet Linda's body. Uh, She also finds Bob falling from the, uh, like a. I don't know, the cellar door? Yeah, I don't I mean, know. The, he like, the, the, his body comes swinging down door? from below. Yeah, yeah something, something like, like that. that. And so she's fucking going, like, fucking crazy. Um, she fi- uh, Okay. She finally comes face to face with Michael Myers. Right. But before it's face to face, she's. It's butt to butt. <laughs> I don't know. But she's looking basically facing camera. In this scene, I'm just saying, cinematically and however they shot it, it's beautiful. It's like a great white shark coming out of the darkness. (laughs) Like she's staring towards the camera or one way and out of nowhere you see – like It's like his his mask starts illuminating. Yeah, Yeah, because it's all white. And he just comes and just – it just appears out of the darkness. That in movie history is such an awesome scene. Like, no matter how many times you remake the movie, you're, that's one of those things you'll probably never recapture. It was just, like I said, it was a great white shark almost coming out of the darkness of the ocean. It was like, oh, my God, he's right behind her. You know what? You know what? You know what that scene is in also? Finding Nemo. Is it? Yeah. Because I think it's Marlin or Dory. I've never seen Finding Nemo. Oh, it's one of the fish and there's a shark that just appears. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, his name is Bruce. Sure. Bruce is the shark's name? Bruce is the shark's name. Because you know what the name of the shark from Jaws was? Bruce. Come on, that was easy. The shark in Jaws was named Bruce? Yes. Why don't I remember that? Hmm. Really? I'll have to look into that. <laughs> Anyways. So um, they start doing this whole like. No, now, wait. Before, I just want to say one thing. Because that scene was beautifully shot and it was so awesome. But now all of a sudden, Lori, who's unsuspected, you know, has no idea that her, you know, crazy demented brother is behind her, which she doesn't even know. And we don't even know really that they're related at this point in time. But Michael, who has been very proficient at killing, all of a sudden makes the worst stab attempt. He's like, and misses her and like barely cuts her on her fucking arm, like barely. But she books it and she runs across the street and she finds that she is missing her fucking keys. So she's banging on the door, trying to wake up the kids. She finally throws a plant, like a flower pot up to Tommy's window. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, he like wakes up all groggy, like, 
what? Yeah. She's yeah. open that door. Okay. And it's like sleepily walking down. Meanwhile, Michael is walking across yeah. the street to get her. Well, lets her in at the last minute. She locks up. She tells the kids to go hide. And um, and she's like barricading the door with her body. And next thing you know, she notices that there's this breeze coming in from the window. Yeah. And that breeze, she's like, fuck, he's in here. So she goes and she grabs her knitting needle and she that's what she's using to arm herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in the living room at this time. Can I go back just a few minutes to that scene where he tried to stab her? Because I want to talk about a very another very beautifully shot scene, okay. which I don't think that we see that often. Okay. I just want to give credit where credit is due. After he makes this really failed attempt at fucking stabbing her, he just barely cuts her shoulder. She falls over the banister and falls down to the floor below. And the camera does this really awesome shot where it follows her down almost. And I just, I don't know, again, for 1978, like they didn't have a whole lot of like the same type of technology we have now. And I just wanted to point out that that scene was very awesome to have the camera fall, follow her and fall down with her. Well, I agree. That was a great scene, Mm -hmm. which is why I really give so much credit to the movies that are classic versus the modern ones. The modern ones are great. There are some really great ones. Yes. However, there is so much more that goes into, I mean, how do I say this? It's not about what movie did more, but there is where certain movies did a little bit more, right? So movies like this, you have to rely on proficiency with the camera. Mm-hmm. You have to right. and, and um, accuracy and all yeah. these wonderful things. Yeah. Whereas now you have to be very meticulous with, you know, um, with your CGI and you need to be very, mm-hmm. very um, detailed and, excuse me, and and skilled in in in, in a, another really great craft. Yeah. Right. So I don't but know not, if um, I'm not taking away from it. I'm just saying that it, it, this this wine is making me burp. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Time to drink it. Hey, did you? I, I know we told this is a kind of a little bit out of order, but we there was a a scene earlier I think in the movie where they were watching Dawn of the Dead. No, d- was it Dawn of the Dead? No. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. That was earlier on, right? No, they were watching the thing from another world. The thing, the kids were watching it, but there's also a scene at some point in time where someone's watching uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead and they actually show the scene where it's like, they're coming to get you, Barbara. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing earlier on because in Rob Zombie's remake, he has them watching a Bela Lugosi Dracula movie. And I thought that was kind of cool because he knew I that they. I that. Well, I specifically remember oh, it. Oh, I don't remember so, it. So. Hey, there you go. It's on the TV. It might have been before we get to this part of the movie when they first introduced Lindsay. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole scene where they show Night of the Living Dead and they show the opening sequence where Johnny, Johnny, that was his name, right? This, but mm-hmm. He goes, they're coming to get you, Barbara. And she's like, oh, stop it, whatever. I just happen to think that it was cool because when I saw the remake, Rob Zombie used Bela Lugosi and did a Dracula thing. And I thought that was really cool of him because he was like, you know what? They showed a classic horror movie. I'm going to show one in mine, well, but a different Rob one. Rob Zombie plays classic horror movies in all of his stuff. Right. All of his stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's one that there isn't a classic horror movie except for maybe 
I don't know. The fantastic world of El Sexorcist or something. What is that movie? What is that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Um, I just thought it was funny because I did remember that earlier. Okay, so where were we in the movie? Right now, Michael just gets stabbed in the neck with a yarn needle. Oh, I haven't told him that yet. Michael gets stabbed with a knitting needle. Well, we were just talking about how she was. So Lori has a knitting needle as her weapon. And Michael comes out from behind the couch to try to get her. And she stabs him in the neck with the knitting needle. Yes, yes. Then she's like running around the house and, you know, she gets the kids and tells them and locks Mm -hmm. them. Oh, she thinks she kills him. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And so she goes and she gets the kids Mm -hmm. and she's like, okay, we have to call the cops. Lindsay and Tommy. Yeah. And she goes, I killed him. But no, no, no. Here he's coming. So she tell she locks the kids. I think in the bathroom. Tells them to lock and yeah. not to come out. Yeah. And then she goes and pretends that she went out the window, mm-hmm. but, but she hides really, in the closet. She hides in the closet and like not only hides in the closet, but like ties the handles together. Mm-hmm. And so this is the classic scene where he's stabbing through the closet and she's down on the floor screaming. Mm. She grabs a wire hanger. Oh yeah. And like creates like a shiv out of it and stabs him again right in the eye or something She's constantly yeah. stabbing him yeah that's important to my theory later so i th- i assume that he drops the knife at the time because she i think she picks up the knife yeah um, so he drops it inside the closet right yeah. and i think what happens and sorry if my memory is being a little bit weird um I think what happens is she ends up stabbing him and he falls. Yeah, in like the stomach or something like that. Yeah, and he's dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she crawls over him. She gets the kids and tells them, run to the McKenzie's, Mm -hmm. which is where um, in Scream, the first scene, Drew Barrymore's death, the father tells the wife, go to the McKenzie's. Oh, really? Yeah. Now she drops the knife on the floor after she stabs him in the stomach. because she's grossed out by it. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of a stupid thing to do. She doesn't realize she's thinking she he's dead, but not running out of there instead of calmly just standing there like I'm in shock. <laughs> but everybody, I you know, trauma and everything affects everybody differently, and that's just true. <laughs> so, and again, before the kids run out, we're seeing this famous, awesome scene where Michael just gets up, where he fucking just sits up, up in the yeah. casket, <laughs> and if. First of all, if you see this movie as a kid, that shit will freak you the fuck out. If you see this as a kid in my house, you really try to work on your core strength to be able to do that and freak <laughs> your sibling out. <laughs> Sorry, Raul. <laughs> so, um, now, so she's standing in the hallway and he is and she's like so scared. Well, when the kids run out of the house... Lindsay, Dr. Yeah, Loomis, Loomis is like walking around again. This Mr. Creepy man walking around a neighborhood in a trench he coat. Sees kids running out of a house and screaming, and he's like, "Let me go chase." Yeah. Him. But nobody cares where the kids <laughs> went, right? He's just like, "Okay, let me just go." Yeah. And so he goes into the house, and uh, right when Lori is about to get stabbed mm-hmm. because Michael has come up behind her, mm-hmm. she pulls he, the mask off. Actually, for a second, she pulls the mask off because they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And this um, is where we see what's his name, Tony, Tony Moran. Moran's face. Yeah. yeah, and then she like kind of he kind of like takes a step back, and this is where Loomis shoots him six times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six times. Six times. Yes, and he goes backwards off of the window that she supposedly had gone through, mm-hmm. and falls to. His death again on the floor of yes. the yard. Right. 
Loomis goes over there and his body is gone. You yeah. know what is there? An imprint of his body. Yep, absolutely. And blood. Yeah. Well, there's not that much blood. When it's Loomis goes bit. to touch where the void is, there's blood on his hands. That's there's an- enough blood to see that there is blood on his hand. That's only in part two, though, I think. Oh, Yes, they, they, they right. continued the end of part one into the beginning right. of part two because that was the whole thing. Part one and part two, there was a very uh, big, significant um, use of the blood. There wasn't much blood at all, which again made the, the – the, I feel like that the first one was scarier than part two, even though there was more blood and gore. Well, I think because in, in the part two. one you had um, – you knew who the bad guy was and why the bad mm-hmm. guy was. You know um, – but the movie ends with Dr. Loomis kind of just staring off into the distance, distance like, fuck, I'll get you next time, motherfucker. And Lori's mm-hmm. screaming her fucking tits off. Yep. And um, then we hear some heavy breathing. This is the end of the movie here. That, that mm-hmm. final scene, we hear some heavy breathing. And then the music starts to play and we just see Michael's house from the outside. And that's the end. And that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That movie was a shit. The movie yeah. is one that everybody needs to be watching. I, I I absolutely love it. I personally think the movie and the entire franchise should have ended right there. I think as an artistic entity, John Carpenter was absolutely correct in just feeling like that that was a awesome story to tell. And then just leave it at that. So instead, what we have is the sequel, which continues the same night mm-hmm. af- uh, of part one. Yep. And um, and Michael was shot six times, but is still alive. And, you know, he does this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then there is, that, and that's part two. Part three is the season of The Witch. No Michael Myers whatsoever. Right. Instead, it is... It's all another, based around. A, a, I, I've watched another them. transfer and an issue going on. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. Season okay. of the Witch has nothing to do with mental patients or anything at all. It has to do with these crazy, some like uh, com- toy company that makes these crazy masks that they have right, some so sort of. The like, return of Michael Myers is when Michael comes back. Part four. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Part five is the revenge of Michael Myers. Yep. Now, part four and five feature have Jamie. But in part, Jamie. in part four, Jamie is uh, possessed by an evil entity or something. Mm, and not part so much. five, she's actually like channeling Michael. She, yeah, she's not possessed in part four. In part four, she's just a victim. But the one thing that I did notice, because uh, I mean, apart from Lori, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, most of the people in, in the rest of the saga are not repeats. Mm-hmm. But the girl who plays uh, Jamie, Jamie is in part four. She's in part five. Technically, her character is in the beginning of part six, but she's also the girl who plays Annie in both of the zombie Rob Zombie remakes. Cool. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I thought girl, that was funny the because girl that plays Jamie. Yeah, she's a she's great actress. Fucking awesome. She's so fucking yeah. awesome. And so and again, she's so cute, just running around in like her little chucks. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was a uh, great move on Zombie to bring her back and let her play Annie because it's in in a way she's like the okay. So if you look at how many people have been a part of the franchise, like Jamie Lee Curtis obviously is a major part of it, but this little girl deserves. Donald Pleasance was in all of them up until six. six. No, he wasn't in part 
three. But he was in one, two, four, five, and six. Okay. But yes, he's a major part of it, obviously. But I'm just saying that the the girl who plays uh, Jamie, the young girl, and then plays Annie in the remakes is, um, I mean, she deserves a lot of credit because she's in a lot, like four significant chapters of the franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after the uh, five is the Revenge of Michael Myers, and that's when we see Jamie back. Um, then in 1996, there was a curse of Michael Myers yeah, and that is when Jamie, that's where I mentioned earlier that it was incestual rape. Yeah. There was this whole, yeah. they try to explain the whole reason why he's alive. So I don't know. Again, I it went down the whole rabbit without hole. Without any explanation. Yeah. I think. And then, Which is why I say one and done. One and fucking done. Halloween H2O is 20 years later. Mm-hmm. And that is the one, is that the one Tyra Banks? No, that's the one with, um, uh, it's LL Cool J and uh, Lori has moved to someplace in California and she's now uh, a teacher in a school. That's right. That's that where he gets. She cuts his head. head. Yeah. Cuts okay. the head off in that one. All right. And then Halloween Resurrection. Is the Busta Rhymes Tyra Banks. One. Gotcha. And that's like a reality show kind of thing. Yeah. At the Myers just, I, I, those two I haven't watched yet. I have not watched H2O and I have not watched Resurrection, but I have seen them in the past. I know they're not the greatest of the saga, whatever. But then there's Halloween remake by Rob Zombie, which mm-hmm. in what, 2007. And I love that one. Yeah. I and liked it a lot. Too. I, I love it. It's, uh, I don't love it as much as the original Halloween, but because you're always going to love the original, right? But it was still really good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed he, the backstory and the explanation. Yeah. Um, but, you know. They were good for different reasons. He did a great job at trying to create a little bit more sense and behind the backstory. You kind of have this like feeling for little Michael. Michael, yeah. yeah. And then there's Halloween Two, the, the Rob, Rob Zombie, Zombie remake, remake, which was in 2009, and it really, I mean, there are some good moments, and there's Danny Trejo in it, but it really was. One He's of in those the first things. one too, the the Rob Zombie first remake as well. And so really what it is, is like those are the great parts about it, but it's not my favorite. Um, yeah, there was a lot of weirdness in that one. And again, I think it was Rob Zombie trying to create more backstory and more sense. But um, I, I did notice when I watched part two, the original part two, that there was a scene that reminded me of Rob Zombie's part two. However, Zombie used it as a flashback dream scenario almost dream sequence is that the hospital yeah her escaping from the hospital and and uh, michael myers coming after her now the scene doesn't exactly play out like exactly the same in both movies but there is a major part of her being in a hospital and then leaving the hospital trying to find a way out of there and then uh michael myers following her uh, but all in all, I, I just be honest with you again. Like I feel like one and done. Like I love this whole saga, and I did go down a major rabbit hole watching them all over again. But and and actually, I did enjoy some of the stupider ones, just you know, for the hell of it. Right. So you're always gonna want to watch something campy, like right. But I'm, I, always I'm, gonna, I'm always gonna want to watch Sleepaway Camp. But I do feel like that this one really should have just been a one and done thing. Like, cause I think again, John Carpenter was right. He did this thing where he left it as a cliffhanger. And then in his head, he was going to move on and do a, 
entirely new story that had nothing to do with it. The the Hollywood machine of wanting to have a franchise and remake and make more movies that make crazy money was they were the ones that made this become a sequel and a sequel and a sequel. Yeah, and a no, sequel. I understand. Yeah. But I, I definitely feel like that this movie that we're reviewing right now was a complete entity from beginning to end. And it was a great ending. We don't know what happens. We don't know any connection about Laurie and Michael, which is where part two establishes that connection. Yes. And that's where it went downhill because now we know this whole motive and I don't know, like it just didn't connect as well. It was just a lot of like, there was too much explanation and not enough um, edge of your seat kind of unknown horror parts. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, so I went down a rabbit hole myself Mm -hmm. and there is this whole school of thought that, so there's three different, well, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on two of them. So one of them is Michael is a representation of Lori's id. So, you know, you have the id, the ego, and the super ego. These are all Freudian. Ter- okay. No, I don't so know anything Your ego is really like your common sense, how you people see you, all this, you know, like normalcy. And your id is... All of those are you impulsive saying, things. Are you saying ID? Yeah. Id. Id. Right. Okay. So the school of thought is that Lori, because she is so repressed sexually, because she doesn't, she's so like just very, very just straight laced. Michael is a representation of the things she wants to do. She wants to let loose. She attacks her friends for being promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, she, you know, he comes at her and she's the one doing all the stabbing. That is very phallic, right? Okay. Okay. So there's that. But then there is the other aspect that there is that Michael and the shape is just a representation of fate. So do you remember when she was in school, she talks about fate? Sure. Right. Okay. So I have the quote here. Give me a second. So she says, um, Constantine wrote that fate was only somehow related to religion, where Samuels felt that fate was like a natural element, like earth, air, water, and fire. And um, And that when fate, um, where there is fate, that is where man passes away. And so really, fate, when Michael is there, man passes away so there's just a whole bunch of stuff so i'll maybe i'll do a rabbit hole episode on it but there's this it's really fucking fascinating about Hmm. how all these different aspects that you can like do you remember when you were in high school and you read a book and they're like okay let's delve into it and sometimes you're just like it's just a fucking story this is what it is it's just a story but there's so many ways that you can take it and so many dots you can connect to make it your own thing it's fucking like so intense Hmm. yeah i never thought about it like that but. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliantly done, and it's a movie that that I'm always going to love. I'm always going to want to watch it. I haven't watched it in a long time. Yes. That's not true. I think we watched it, like, last year. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think we did. We started – okay, from what I remember, we went and watched the Rob Zombie remake and the part one and part two, and I kept saying, I want to do this whole thing in – 
its entirety. I think this might have been right around when we started the podcast too because I don't know why I went on the rabbit hole, but this is part of the reason why because I've always been intrigued on trying to – whoops. Connect the dots. Connect. Sorry. I hit the mic. I've always been – I've always been intrigued in trying to, yes, connect the dots and see how, you know, this whole saga really played out. Um, so Haddonfield, Illinois isn't real. No. But Haddon Clark is. Haddon Clark? Haddon Clark is a serial killer. Oh, really? Yeah. This is like a whole nother rabbit <laughs> hole we're going to go down right here. Absolutely. Okay. So who's Haddon Clark? I'm not going to tell you. Because we're out of time. <laughs> we are. This has been a really good episode. It's quite long. I know sometimes we've been uh, a little, uh, you know, some... Loquacious. Yeah. Occasionally. Well, you know what? We t- we try to do our best to... This is our only cute um, quality time together, so we talk. I, th- I I read somewhere that Haddonfield, New Jersey is actually a real place, and that's where Deborah Hill is from, and that's why they well, that made it Haddonfield. Yes. I wonder why they made it in Illinois. Because there are basements there? Because... Because it's actually was in California. Right, but maybe because it just... Well, I wonder if... We'd have to, like, Google and see if this Smith Grove place, sanitarium, is um, a real place or not. Because I wonder... I think I would have figured that out in hmm. my... Well, you know what I noticed in this whole thing is that when Loomis calls the sanitarium a sanitarium, he actually calls it a sanatorium with an O and not an A. So am I calling it a sanitarium and it's like for sanitation or something? See, that's the thing is I was confused as well, too. But uh, Metallica had that song sanitarium and they clearly sanitarium make, you know. Sing it to me. In the beginning. I don't remember it. No. Um, But what I do um, know is that Loomis, who had a British accent, called it a sanatorium. And it might be a a sanatorium. Well, in the closed captioning, which we just so happen to luckily have on our TV screen, it actually was spelled with an O. Okay. Well, so here's the thing I watch them with closed captioning because I'm hard of hearing. (laughs) I can only hear out of my right ear. Is that true? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, why? Did somebody like put some headphones on you and like play some really loud shit one day and all of a sudden you lost your hearing? Actually, yeah. (sighs) Fucking asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I can only hear out of this one. So that's why um, I I have everything so loud all the time. And because I watch movies mostly when the kids are in in bed or something, I I have to have the closed caption on. Well, let me know the name of this asshole who fucked your hearing. Stefan Syed. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to track him down. I'm going <laughs> to kick his ass. <laughs> that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening um, and visiting us at the ice cream parlor. Yes. I'm so proud of myself. I have a hard time saying parlor. 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 Um, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. You can also check out our website, icecreampodcast.com, and you can sign up for the newsletter. You can figure hey, out where you can listen to our podcast. How do you spell that one? I know people might get a little confused. They it's, could probably look down on their phones. But it's I scream, right? Like <laughs> You're not saying it any different. It's the I letter scream, I and then the word scream. I-S-C-R-E-A-M-P-A-R-L-O-R is Ice Cream Parlor. Yes. Our podcast, our, podcast, our website is icecreampodcast.com. And you can follow us on... 
All of social media. All of social media. We're on um, I underscore scream, S-C-R-E-A-M underscore parlor on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter. We are Ice Cream Podcast. Yes. You can also email us directly at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Yeah, we we love and appreciate the f- fans and the support out there. So please get involved. Tell some people about it. Send us some comments. Send us some emails. Let us know what movies we should be watching. Have we missed anything? Did we make some mistakes in our reviews? Let us know, right? Yeah, tell Stefan when he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, but we really appreciate your feedback. Um also, I would really appreciate maybe some ratings on Apple Podcasts. Uh, rate and subscribe. And uh, that's right. Send us some feedback. Absolutely. And our handles and all our information will be in the show notes. Um, we are gearing up for our first guest, which is Buddy Chambers, and we'll be reviewing Alien with him. Right. I'm excited because I don't think I've ever seen Alien all the way through. Really? Really. It's more of a sci-fi, sci-fi thriller horror movie, but it's a great one. Yeah. And... It should be fun. And Can now I that we're the movie next week, yeah, of course. I mean, our movie selections are sort of random, but by all means, go ahead and pick one. Can we do Ichi the Killer? Isn't that uh, uh, what's <gasps> Tokyo his name? Gore Police? Wait, what's the director's name? What's his name again? Uh, you're asking me, I forget your name. <laughs> Hold on, it's the same guy who did the um, isn't it the same one who did Audition or no? Hitari Miki. Well, ah. ha- now I'm going to sound Tom Sekura. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Ichi the Killer. Ichi the Killer. I mean, if you want to do that one, sure. Sure. Whatever. I mean, I like. Uh, Actually, can we just cross a whole bunch of like mainstream ones off of our list and get into the nitty gritty good ones that nobody's ever heard of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean,. That's what I'm trying to do here is get into some movies that I've never really seen. Or well, you haven't of. seen most of the movies we've done, except for maybe this one. And then you did that in with <laughs> yeah, Gusto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. But I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, really, I don't know. All right. Let's just stop talking before I watch the Serbian film next week. <laughs> you are not going to make it through that one. And that's not one we're ever really putting on the list. That's my vote. Anyways, I would not want to review that movie. I've seen it one too many times. I'm not even supposed to have seen it twice. And here I am fucking like three or four times deep and I don't want to watch it again. I would like to watch other movies that should be watched over and over again. Like this movie, Halloween 1978. All right. We'll pick the movie and we will be right back. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Yes. Thank you. Okay, bye.